Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to For Geek's Sake. This is Liz. Al is not here. I'm in the studio today with producer Dan. Hey, true believers. We got technical director Eli. Hello, other believers that aren't true. I believe in you. We are joined today by uh, my co-host, not our co-host, not Al's co-host, Whoa. but my personal co-host, yeah. Mr. Phil Zoshak. Hello to all the believers that <laughs> believe things and who are believing. Uh, and you're listening to the Liz and Phil Hour. <laughs> you don't have to download this ever again. Thank you. Oh, no, it's not going to be that bad. Oh, no. Uh, I don't know why I keep getting invited back, though. I always do weird stuff. Really? I mean, it's you're, I think you're just kind of like our, our own Steve Buscemi. Am I like the J.J. Riddick of the 09 Magic? Yeah. Where I come off the bench, <laughs> score a few points. I'm like, all right. <laughs> yeah. I'm J.J. Riddick. All right. Producer, <laughs> producer Dan it. just grew like... Yeah. like Twice as much respect for you based on <laughs> that. Oh, <laughs> boy, Phil, you don't even know. Because producer great. Dan is a sports nerd. You made me smile. And a magic I love fan. sports. Sport I'm nerds. a big sports fan. Yeah, me too. We got a show coming up for you today, like we do every week. Uh, Al's not here. And normally, wait, he's not in true in true for geek's sake fashion. You know, we do our little like, oh, Al's off saving the whatever. But I, uh, I, I genuinely this week, um, Cannot absolutely believe that Al is not here to join us for this episode, and I'm not even going to make a joke about it, because first things first, before we get going with our normally scheduled programming, uh, we have to talk about the thing that we have been anticipating for quite some time, that we are probably not ready uh, to announce as a reality, uh, but we have lost the great Stanley as of yesterday, Monday. November 12th, 2018, uh, the inevitable has finally come true and it sucks. Yep. It, I, it just sucks. I mean, I don't really know what else, what else to say about it. It's, it's, you know, we kind of, we kind of expected it, but we're hoping that it wasn't going to come for a couple more years. Right. And, uh, I, I just can't believe that Al's not here to kind of share in this moment yeah. with got, us. I got a big shoes to fill. Yeah. <laughs> That's the best I got right now, guys. I'm pretty, pretty, pretty sad. Um, but, you know, I'm going to go ahead and turn this one over to producer Dan, who has written uh, a nice little, nice little piece uh, about our, our great hero here. And uh, who better to do it just than, justice than Mr. Comic Book himself. So take it away, Dan. All right. I'm going to try to get through this. I'm, I've got everybody else muted so that I can do this because... Um, I'm going to need a minute, in the famous words of Al. On December 28th, 1922, on the corner of West 98th Street and West End Avenue in Manhattan, New York, Jack and Cecile Lieber gave birth to Stanley Martin Lieber. He graduated high school early at the age of 16 and would grow to be an American comic book writer, editor, and publisher. He served his country in World War II. He was the editor-in-chief of Marvel Comics and later its publisher and chairman, leading its expansion from a small division of a publishing house to a large multimedia corporation. He is a legend. In collaboration with several artists, he co-created some of the most recognizable characters in the world, including Spider-Man, The Hulk, Doctor Strange, Fantastic Four, Daredevil, Black Panther, The X-Men. And with his brother and co-creator, Larry Lieber, the characters Ant-Man, Iron Man, and Thor. In 1961, Stan nearly walked away from the comic book business, but his wife, Joni, inspired him to write one last story. Stan was given the task of developing a superhero team to rival DC's Justice League of America. He decided to create a team to appeal to older readers, 
the Fantastic Four broke convention with other comic books at the time by squabbling, holding grudges, both deep and petty. And for foregoing anonymity and secret identities in favor of celebrity status. Marvel Comics developed a reputation for focusing on characterization and adult issues to a greater extent than most superhero comics before them. Uh, a quality which the next generation of readers truly appreciated. This applied to The Amazing Spider-Man in particular, which turned out to be Marvel's most successful book. Peter Parker suffered from self-doubt and mundane problems like any other teenager. Stan pioneered a more complex approach to writing superheroes in the 1960s and 70s that revolutionized the industry and challenged the standards of the comic book code authority, indirectly leading to them updating their policies. As his work became more popular in comics, uh, Marvel Comics really started to take off, Stan became too busy to write full scripts for each comic. So he changed the game again, inventing the Marvel method. Before this, all comics were written the same way. You do the writing first, then art based on that writing. Stanley flipped that method on its head, having the artwork done first based on the writing, or the, and basing the writing on the art. Lee would meet with one of the artists and give them the overall summary of what he wanted to happen in the comic book. They would lay out the basic story arc, and then the artist would draw that story arc with notes to inform Lee of everything that he had written in the image. Once the art was done, Lee would get the comic book back and put the dialogue in based on the artist's notes. He would also pencil in the onomatopoeias. In an interview, Lee stated that he loved doing comics this way because when he got the comic book back, he would be introduced to the artist ideas, most of which he had never thought of. The Marvel method of writing comics was extremely successful, and the comics published in that era are some of the best comics the world has ever seen. Stan the Man Lee often used Marvel bullpen bulletins and Stan's soapbox to speak directly to his audience of true believers. And Needle, the comic book publisher, other comic book publishers, which he would refer to as the Distinguished Competition, capital D, capital C. He also used these editorial pieces to shut down racist and champion civil rights. Lee was inducted into the comic book industry's Will Eisner Award Hall of Fame in 1994 and the Jack Kirby Hall of Fame in 1995. In 2008, he received a National Medal of Arts. A couple years ago, I was able to see Stan in person at Megacon. At the age of 93, with his vision deteriorating to the point where he couldn't even read a comic book, he still remained as joyful and quick-witted as ever. On July 6, 2017, his wife of 69 years, Joan, died of complications from a stroke. She was 95 years old and I've been dreading this day ever since. Stan Lee gave us heroes. Heroes that we could identify with at different ages with different normal problems. An alcoholic billionaire, a geeky kid from Queens, a blind lawyer from Hell's Kitchen, a scientist with anger management problems, a Norse god with sibling rivalry, and a group of young people trying to save the very people who feared and hated them. And a kid from Brooklyn who punched Hitler in the face. He was amazing, astounding, spectacular, mighty, and uncanny. Enough said. Excelsior. 
Dan, that was beautiful. That was also... Yeah. Thanks. That was beautiful. And it was I also... Needed, I need my moment. <laughs> that was also the most straightforward and honest usage of onomatopoeia I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> like I've, I've never heard someone so seriously roll through that word without some, some verbal uh, uh, joke being made about it. But yeah, Stanley is a, a true legacy and hero, especially when you start talking about the, the civil rights and human rights aspects of what he's done with Marvel and the story arcs of all the heroes involved. Yeah. That can't be overlooked ever. You know, I think one of my, one of my favorite quotes of his, uh, and I'm obviously going to paraphrase because I don't know it by heart, but uh, he's you know, discussing his, his choice of, of life's work and his choice of career. Mm-hmm. And you know, he expressed how he kind of always felt that he wasn't like on track with his peers, you know, his friends were, were, you know, he wasn't a doctor or a lawyer or a businessman and, you know, and then he kind of realized that entertainment is, is one of the things that we need the most, you know, and, and Dan, I think you captured that just absolutely perfectly. Um, his stories and his characters have, have just become so needed by Mm -hmm. so many generations. And I don't know what else to say other than, uh, the th- show wouldn't be here without him. We yeah. thank him. We thank him we'll for his work. We'll continue to have those stories and characters, Oh, absolutely. Too. Uh, he, he set the framework for a legacy for... I mean, just look at the Marvel Universe and, and, and the Cinematic Universe specifically. Yeah. Just how many new people have been introduced to comics. It's, right. He's, he's one of the big reasons why we have this, this wave of nerd that we've been writing. And, and honestly, it's, it's part of him is the reason why we have hero spark. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's just, it's, it's an incredible life that he had and wow. Uh, yep. It is, it is tough. It is, it is tough. Well, like Dan said, I think yeah, he's, enough said. Yeah. Enough said. yeah. I mean, call it what it is. It's American mythology. It is. And he is probably the, uh, the Zeus of all the, not, I would, that's the wrong word. The, uh, the, the Homer. Sure. Of, sure. of it all, if you will. Right, yeah. 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 Oh, like Iliad and Odyssey. Exactly. There we go. We yeah. get it. like, dude, he's, he's yeah. on par with Shakespeare. Not Homer Simpson. Come on. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> not, not generally Homer, but yeah, he's, you know, he's up there with the... All right. So let's get into our show, but uh, I think we're, we're going to do things a little bit backwards, uh, formatting-wise, now, you know, this time around. So we're talking to Mr. Andrea Molinari again, uh, bringing him back for a second time around. Uh, he has been on tour going to hitting up a bunch of cons around the country. Yeah. Uh, he has released volume two of the shepherd, um, the, uh, path of dogs. Yes. And, uh, we're going to Skype him in along with his son, Roberto, who, if you remember from listening to our first interview with him is the inspiration for the story. So his father, so Andrea had the dream about his son, you know, passing away and, and, uh, you know, became the inspiration for the shepherd. Uh, so we're really excited. Uh, let's, uh, get them, let's get them Skyped in and we're going to, we're going to talk to Andrea and figure out what he has been up to. And this is all happening in real time because that's how we do it. All right. I think we have Roberto on and Andrea's is connecting. There we go. Hello. Hey hello. hello. Hey, can you hear us? Yes. Yep. All right. Andrea, and uh, I do apologize because we did not ask this in our test call. What is your lovely wife's name? Verna. Very nice to meet you. Thank you for joining us Wait, this say, evening as well. Say, sorry, say that again? Myrna. 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 Okay. And, uh, and Roberto, uh, thank you so much. We've got you on audio as well. Uh, mm-hmm. So how, 
How, first of all, to catch up, Andrea, how have you been? How has life been since the last time we spoke to you? Uh, busy and lacking in sleep lately. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine. I, uh, when I, I got when I... in from Michigan. I was in the Grand Rapids, uh, Michigan Comic Con. Uh, this would have been uh, well, Friday. <laughs> yeah, you can see where I'm at. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. But I rolled in this morning uh, driving that back, and we hit rain all the way through Kentucky. Oh, boy. All the way through Tennessee, all the way through North Carolina, and a good chunk of South Carolina. And then we I got, got the status update, too. I oh, totally yeah. appreciate you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I well, found I think out, by the way, why they call them the Smoky Mountains. Oh, yeah. <laughs> very clear now as to why that that is good. Yeah. Did you uh, did you run into any any issues with any forest fires or what? What's uh? No, no. I mean, it was the fog and from the rain. Gotcha, stuff, gotcha. Like, mountains looked like they were just smoking. Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah. That was like a like, misnomer. Like, like on the nose. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that they're super clear. Yeah. No, that's crazy. When we checked in with you yesterday to confirm, you know, the, the interview and everything, you let me know that you were getting in at one thirty in the morning. And I was like, oh, boy, that's <laughs> after especially one thirty in the morning after driving all night is uh, is not fine. I, I opted out of that. I ended up staying with my daughter in Orlando. You know, I think, oh, you good. know, she's a student at Central Florida. So she had yeah, gone with yeah. me. So I stayed the night with her, got up about five thirty in the morning and made the rest of the way to West Palm and immediately started work. And boy, that was that was good. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> well, glad you made it safe. Uh, so I would love, since we have your son on the line as well, Roberto, I would love to hear a little bit from you. Um, you know, we got to talk to your dad at length about the inspiration for the shepherd the last time we had him on, um, you know, but I would love to hear your perspective because you're kind of the, you know, the, the, the push behind this, this idea, you know, and, and how has this experience been for you and kind of what's, you know, what, what, uh, what, Hmm. I would say that like I was uh, I was kind of like the one building the momentum in right. the beginning. Um, and then, you know, since then, dad has been like, you know, as much, if not more invested into it than I am, like in terms <laughs> of like continuing to go on. And I don't say that lightly, like I'm, you know, not part of the project. Like, you know, I am myself very invested in it. It's just that like now that I've gotten like over this hump with dad, like he's like, you know, he's all in on it now. So, you know. It was uh, it was just starting out that I needed to uh, first get him to think that it was even like really possible, right? And then to second convince him that it was like that what we were doing was good and that it was worth continuing to push. Yeah. Now, have you both been traveling together? Have you hit all of the? How many conventions have you been to since uh, since we last spoke? Because we see you on Facebook and you look like you're just all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, when, honestly, when was our last? I, I, it's all a blur. This whole year has been a blur. So to remind me, I feel like, was it in August that we spoke? Uh, it was It was right before uh, Megacon or Comic-Con? Orlando? Comic-Con Tampa, I believe. Comic-Con Tampa? Yeah. So okay. ooh, this that year. would have been, what, July then? Yeah. July? Because... Wasn't uh, Tampa like at the end of yeah, July? Yeah, it was right after MegaCon was here. Yeah, that was in, yeah, uh, it might have been yeah. So May, May, June, June. May, June, yeah. July. Could have been May, could have been June, could have been July. It's been a minute. Let's yeah. just say it's been I'm at least a con widow once a month, if yeah. not twice a month. So <laughs> yeah. that's all I know. Yep, yep. <laughs> that's awesome. We did the big ones, of course, uh, we did uh, at the tail end of August. Like I know, <laughs> I know we did uh, Tampa and then we did. Mm-hmm. What I want to say, Kissimmee? Did we do Kissimmee mm-hmm. in August? 
And then uh, at the tail end of August into September, we did the Dragon Con in Atlanta, and that went really well. Yeah. That was a uh, record sales for us. Um, and DC? then, uh, no, no, we didn't have done that one yet. Uh, and then, not DC, New York. New York, of course. New, New York, York City. Um, Myrna came with me for that one. Awesome. Um, Although my son and I drove and she flew in. So. <laughs> yeah, smart, smart woman. Exactly. <laughs> I, I am from uh, the New Jersey area yeah. and we made that drive once a year down here to Orlando and back up to New Jersey. So that's, that's not 14 fun. hours. Yeah, yeah, that's 14. That's oh, you're flying. <laughs> that, yeah, seriously, I, that's yeah. generous. I'm from, uh, from Philly. So like, I guess Fair. you don't need to go over the. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And New York is sure another four hours of traffic car. away from Exactly, now. exactly. <laughs> but that's awesome. Those are the, those are the two big things that we did you know um Berto went to both those uh he didn't come with me to Michigan he we had 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 him out of work too much he needed to to stay with work so yeah. my daughter and I went up to Michigan for the Grand Rapids con very cool very cool so you the last time we spoke to you you were just finishing up uh I think working on the production of uh volume two mm-hmm. path of dogs Right. So that is now officially released, and you've been taking that to the cons, right? Oh, yeah. In fact, a uh, little plug here. Very cool. Wow. Very that nice. nice. So that, uh, that has been out, and uh, within just a few days ago, I got copies of Volume 3. Awesome. Very cool. Okay, so so, pa- so Volume 2 is Path of Souls, correct? Right. Correct. Right. Okay, correct. so Volume 3, Path of Dogs, now also officially released... It is. It's Very out good. in uh, Amazon, but it hasn't been released through the uh, comic book stores with diamond previews yet. Gotcha. That, I expect that'll either be towards the end of this year or the beginning of ne- of 2019 before that actually happens. Yeah. Very cool. So we're very excited to see that out there because it's a two part story story. And it, it's kind of weird when you're pitching the story and you say, Oh, by the way, I'm going to sell you this book and then you're going to hate me as soon as you get, <laughs> get to the end of the story because you'll realize that I've left you, you know, high and dry. Everything will be resolved in the next, the next side. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Hey, I mean, brilliant, brilliant sales technique and, yeah. and all of us, all of us Game of Thrones fans fall for it every, oh, you know, every goodness. year, <laughs> every time a new book comes every out. Every year. So. You wish every year. I know. Or I know. any Patrick Ruffress Yeah, fans. exactly. Exactly. So yeah. So tell us a little bit more about, um, Path the Dogs and, and, you know, the inspiration. And I know that, you know, you've got, uh, Mira on to kind of talk about her role in, in helping you with that story. Well, I almost need to start. Really, I think I need to start with uh, Myrna's uh, role in in this whole thing. Um, she works for the VA. Uh, she's she's a MSW uh, social worker. Um, okay, give, give us your alphabet soup and explain it because none of us know what it means. I'm going she for does, that. She works on people's heads. Yeah, so. <laughs> mostly heads. Yeah, that's for sure. That. That's another interview and another topic. Um, but. You know, her work recently within the last, what, seven years or so, mm-hmm. has been working at the VA and working with a homeless population is really what got her into it and realizing that a good chunk of the homeless population were veterans. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in many cases, self-medicating because of things like post-traumatic stress, uh, military sexual trauma, traumatic brain injury. Yeah. So I'm hearing about these things all the time. And then uh, how many years ago, a couple of years ago now, two, three years ago, three years ago, um, my wife got together with some of her colleagues 
and they actually started a foundation that does weekend retreats for veterans and their treatment retreats. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. we started a program and Quantum Leap Farm um, Foundation actually picked us up as a program under them. And it's for um, veterans with uh, combat PTSD or military sexual trauma. And the retreat is completely free. So we don't charge anything to the veteran. We um, will fly them in for where, from wherever they are. And it's a five-day retreat where we're actively addressing post-traumatic stress, um, traumatic brain injury, chronic pain issues, chronic insomnia, and really taking a look at how all of those things interplay. And we really want to get the veterans out of crisis. So this is a quick intervention with the most effective tools that really help turn their picture around fast. So that was our goal is to really reduce that 22 a day and to get them connected, get them back to having a mission and purpose in life and, you know, to reconnect with their tribes. That is awesome. That's incredible. That is very, very, very awesome and very admirable. So imagine that as the backdrop. And so I'm hearing these stories uh, of the treatment and the success of the treatment uh, and how people's lives are being changed. Like one of the ones that stuck in my head uh, was that she was telling me about a Vietnam veteran that she had treated and uh, he had had nightmares every night since he came back from Vietnam. Now you think about that, that that's like 40 some years of, of nightmares. That's yeah. a lot of nightmares. Yeah. And he went through the treatment and he came back to her and told her that, you know, so that's what it's like to sleep through the night. Yeah. You know, and I, when I heard that, I started to cry to yeah. be honest with you, because I thought to myself how, uh, how hopeless he must have felt up until that point and getting that treatment and then to have basically in a lot of ways, a new lease on life where yeah. you can, you can start to move forward, start to feel like you can live again, you know, instead of carrying this, you know, um, bag of rocks basically with you wherever you go. Right. So as I'm hearing about this, I started thinking to myself, you know, of course I'm thinking about stories and where we're going to go with the shepherd. And I started thinking, you know, uh, Post-traumatic stress is something that veterans come can often come back with. But what if a person didn't come back? What if they fell in combat? And, you know, if um, would their soul suffer post-traumatic stress? And mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, we're, <laughs> we're going to do this. Yeah. Yeah. You know? <laughs> because then that's when all the creative stuff and Beryl and I start talking about it and the, you know, the creative juices started flowing and we were thinking, OK, so let's imagine like a V.A., Mm-hmm. Let's imagine a hospital in the afterlife. But in this hospital, it wouldn't just be people from the present, recent dead, but it would be people that might be from other time periods and other cultures and and maybe all other cultures. Maybe there's like just they're all over the place in terms of number of cultures. So with that, you know, then it was simply a matter of saying, OK, what soldiers would we like to do and. Um, we originally started that there were going to be three soldiers Mm -hmm. that we were going to do and Berto was going to write one by himself. And that was Will Brannigan, uh, the Confederate soldier, uh, who died in Fredericksburg, uh, the battle, uh, in the civil war, this would be December. He dies December 11th, 1862. Okay. Um, the others, uh, there's a U.S. Marine who dies in the battle of Fallujah and this would be November uh, 2004, the second battle of Fallujah. Mm-hmm. And then the third one, um, is, uh, his name is Henri Jacques Tournier and he is part of a, a Napoleon, Napoleon's, uh, invasion of Egypt and eventually 
going into what was then known as Palestine, mm-hmm. uh, modern day Israel. And so those were the three that we started out with. And then as the writing evolved, as it often does, another character kind of um, stepped to the fore is sometimes when you write this, and I actually wrote an essay at the beginning of volume three about this, sometimes as you write and you start to um, write these characters, the characters start to speak to you. Yeah. And that's really what happened with yeah. him. And his name is Sandakwa. He is a, a Wendat. The white man called him Huron, mm-hmm. um, but he's, they call themselves Wendat, uh, and he's from modern-day uh, Ontario. Okay. And in each of these cases, they have their backstories, kind of like unresolved issues, not the fact that they died, mm-hmm. uh, but there were issues around their death that mm-hmm. they weren't able to let go of. Right, right. And so, and so in this story, so, you know, we've, we've evolved into, so the shepherd has helped his son and now he's gone on to help others in the afterlife in kind of this, this spiritual healing kind of way is essentially the, the storyline here, right? That's very awesome. Very awesome. And it kind of gets set up at the end of volume one, that this is the direction that they're going to go. Uh, Because I think in a lot of ways for Lawrence, finding his father, and, you know, if you read, if you remember in volume one, there's issues between Lawrence and his dad. Yeah. You know, there's often these unresolved things. And they a lot of that starts to get resolved in the in the story as well. And so I think in a lot of ways, when Lawrence realizes that he has his son, he has his father, that this is kind of heaven for him. Right. And the idea of being able to help people. Um, is something that it matters to him. And he feels that he can do that. He has a tool uh, and ability to do something about this. And so he wants to stay. Um, he doesn't feel compelled to, to move on. Right. Yeah. Uh, what, a, what a great way to, to you know, kind of capture the idea of finding purpose, not necessarily in life, but in the afterlife, you know? I think, I think that's really, really, really a, a very cool concept for a story. Well, and you took, you know, you took your original characters and original volume and you didn't just have them churning out random stories in the same sort of environment. Like you've, you've changed the environment and, and added so much complexity to it. And what I love the most is that, you know, everything is sort of inspired by like your personal, like your personal family, honestly, you know, your wife, your son, and that, you know, I got to imagine father. that gives you yeah, your father. Oh, we give him no end of creative material. Yeah, yeah that's got to be a inspiration for a lot of material down the road as you go as well. So. Very cool. You know, I, I think, you know, they always say you write what you know. Mm-hmm. And so the people that are around you kind of feed into the characters, um, you know, and, and if you're paying attention, I think as a writer, you have to pay attention to what's happening around you, how people speak. Your dialogue's imp- Im- impacted by how people talk with each other. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and thinking and and even talking to other people about how they might react in a given situation. Okay. You know, so, kind of interviewing them and asking them those kind of questions. So I'm going to forward you um, uh, a script of my my soon-to-be comic of Ooh. a middle-class uh, dude just working a boring job and, you know, once a week does a cool <laughs> podcast that he really enjoys. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing else exciting happens other than paying bills. and. <laughs> oh, come on. Your life's... The occasional Shakira concert. Yeah. yeah. Kind, kind of works. Resonate that. with that. It's so. yeah. Is this a uh, manuscript or a manifesto coming? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I plead the fifth. <laughs> Very awesome. So tell us, uh, tell us what your your favorite con has been in, in your in your tour since we last spoke. Out of out of all the ones that you mentioned, 
what what would you call your favorite and 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 what's the tell us like the coolest thing that that's happened or maybe maybe the biggest you know quote unquote celebrity that you've run into you know, I, I'll be honest with you. Jason I, Momoa. I, yeah. Oh, God. Okay, oh this, tell me more about Jason Momoa. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> this is actually the same con that I was thinking about, but I was not thinking about that. Uh, okay. We so I will tell, we there's two stories to be told here. The con in question is Wizard World, New Orleans. Okay. Okay. And that was last January. And I'm planning, I'm already slated to go back uh, January 4 to 6 yeah. in New Orleans. But anyway, um, there were a couple of things that really stand out immediately when you said, what was your favorite? One is the food in New Orleans was stupid. Yeah. It was just it's, stupid it's good. It was just like, it is so good that I don't live there. I'd be a defensive tackle. Right. It, 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 <laughs> Um, and what was the worst thing was in the morning they had those beignets, oh uh, God, the, yeah. like the little donut mm-hmm. things yeah. there mm-hmm. with Some coffee. It's, coffee. Just, oh, yep. mm. it's a car wreck. It really is. It's <laughs> just a car wreck. And, uh, but believe it or not, even beyond the food thing, what stood out for me about that con is that I was literally two tables down from my favorite, uh, artist, uh, David Mack. Very cool. And, uh, and I got to meet him. And what really blew me away is how nice a person he is. Yeah. It's just really, and you know, it's, it's nice when you have somebody you kind of hero worship. Um, and I'm not that kind of person. Like I don't look around and get autographs from people. That's just not me. Um, but I had a hard time like talking to him at the beginning. And he was like, take a deep breath. <laughs> I'm like, I'm 50 years old. For the love of God, I shouldn't be, you know, tongue tied by meeting. He, he a- made us go get him coffee and beignets yeah. every morning for David Mack. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's beautiful. So that, that was really amazing. Actually, David actually hit it off really well with my daughter. They, you know, they, she went and sat with him in his booth and they chatted and, you know, like they were old friends and everything. So and it, and it was just like, a really like cool the, experience. like role reversal, like giddy in the background. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so now getting to the Jason Momoa story, which is somewhat more embarrassing. <laughs> I, I, uh, all that coffee, of course, naturally segues to the bathroom. Sure. <laughs> so As one does. <laughs> I walk into the bathroom and there's just this mountain of a man standing there. And I, I don't know what it is, but I part of me wanted to be sarcastic. I wanted to say, you know, it looks like you could spend some time in the weight room, buddy. And, you know, <laughs> he was just a huge man. and I, But I didn't say anything because I was afraid he was just like, you know, use one finger, thack me in the forehead. <laughs> <laughs> So I pass by and here I am, you know, the urinals and I go to, you know, do take care of myself. And right next to me is friggin' Jason Momoa. <laughs> now, I didn't say Jack to this guy. Like, Did you take out your camera? There's like no, a no, bro no. code. You don't talk. That's not no, the time. That, that breaks you know. I mean, so you're, many codes. You already used yeah. urinal right next to him, which broke bro code. Right. I was about <laughs> to say. <laughs> we, we, uh, gotta, it was a con. There was then no you choice. walk it was away. Like, that was like, the no broke out of con. There he is. No, you know? it's just a try. So I went back to the booth after all this, and I, by the way, did wash my hands, not being evil. <laughs> um, I washed my hands and went back to the booth, and I said, you will never believe this. And so I told them, and they were like, well, did you get his autograph? I'm like, no. He was in the bathroom. That's a good way to get beaten. You know, then there was a huge man that was defending him. I'm like, no, you know. We're like, they, listen, you could have left the bathroom and stood right outside the door and stopped him and you right. failed. So all the women that were around us got wind of this and they I didn't hear the end of it oh, for the no. rest of the time. I imagine that, yeah, you were in the oh doghouse 
for that. One. Yeah, but it's as it turned out, he just seems like a really nice guy because he did circulate around in that area oh, that we good. were in in Artist Alley, and he was talking with people and just really very. You know, very approachable. We, we made up for his lack because he was standing one booth over, so we videotaped. Him. <laughs> yeah, they videotaped him like stalkers. Well, well, thank you for videotaping him out on the floor and for you not videotaping him in the back. Right? Yeah, that's a ton yeah, of ramifications to that one. Yeah. Could you imagine just like? It won't be the first time <laughs> exactly. I bailed him out. No. Yeah, right. <laughs> selfie at the urinal. Right. No, that's not happening. Oh just my key things. Yeah, no, well, <laughs> no big deal. You know, we we uh, I hate to bring it down, but we do sit here 24 hours after having lost um, Stanley. Um, I just yeah. uh, did a bit of a eulogy for him here on the show, <sighs> um, but uh, having two comic book creators here. Uh, with us, we, we would be remiss in not asking your thoughts on, on his passing. Uh, Beryl, you want to you wanna field this first? Yeah. Um, I guess that my take on Stanley's passing is that, you know, since a lot of us don't really know the man himself, the best thing that I think that we can do is respectfully kind of like... Um, not necessarily enshrined, but kind of like preserve what he's left behind. Yeah. Like uh, the legacy that he's left behind with the amount of characters and the, basically the universe that he created from scratch, Mm -hmm. um, you know, with help and stuff like that, but the massive influence that he had on the Marvel universe and like the characters they're in, uh, I think it's really important to be very respectful to the characters in the way that he created them. Like, I'm not a big fan of like, you know, alternative takes and stuff like that. Like he, you know, even said when asked about it, just create new characters and stuff like that. If you want to do something different, and that is absolutely what I think people should do going forward and not just, you know, kind of manipulate them to fit whatever they have this idea of them. If that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think for me, um, and I'm just going to interject here, whether you like it or not, um, for me, looking at his body of work, because he had over, what, 361 characters, yeah. and he really took on social justice issues. And so you see the trajectory, whether it was the mutants, um, everything that he did had you know, meaning, um, both culturally, with race, with everything that was going on. In his night, what ninety-three year span, ninety-five, ninety-five, ninety-five um, year lifespan, and so you can look at his career from the beginning all the way through and really see how impactful he was and bringing those issues to the public in a creative way, and you know making people rethink their stances on things, whether it was racism or you know what it was to take a second look at that. So for me. I really think that he was a social justice warrior and he used the written word in comics um, as his venue. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I wholeheartedly agree. Wholeheartedly agree. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's hard to add to that, but um, <laughs> I guess, you know, I think that one of the biggest legacies that he leaves is as a kind of a, uh, an ambassador to, you know, to, from comics to the rest of the to the rest of the world, mm-hmm. uh, to be able to address issues, social issues, uh, as my wife has, has mentioned. Uh, but I also feel like in, in, um, giving him credit that it's also important to recognize that he did not do that alone, mm-hmm. that even in those characters that he gets often met most of the credit for that, you know, there were others, people like Jack Kirby, uh, that, and it's just one example mm-hmm. of other creators that, worked shoulder to shoulder with him to create this legacy that we have of Marvel, which is pretty impressive, actually. Uh, 
when you get a chance, you know, to go on something like um, uh, Marvel Unlimited, you know, which you should everyone should do at least, you know, for a couple months and start exploring some of these old stories that were written in the 60s or 70s. It's really pretty impressive. There's a lot of really good stuff that has been created over the time, uh, over his span, you know. So in a lot of ways, um, you know, I think that there's a tremendous gift that's been given to us, uh, you know, this sense of a larger universe and all these characters and, you know, the great diversity of the characters uh, that's there for us to work with and the suggestions of more, you know, the possibility for more. Yeah. Absolutely. I definitely well, thank you. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you, you know, for, for your thoughts and your words. And, you know, I definitely think that his legacy will absolutely live on and continue, absolutely. continue to inspire, you know, writers all around the world to, to live their truth and, and express their creativity and tell their stories through, through their art. So I think that's, that's awesome. So, you know, we would be remiss if we didn't give you uh, your time to do a plug. So why don't you go ahead and tell everyone again, where, where can we find The Shepherd? Uh, I think you mentioned Amazon. Sure. Uh, all three volumes are, of course, on Amazon. Uh, the, the first two volumes are available on calibercomics.com. Uh, you can uh, order them. Let me just double check here. I want to make sure I'm, I'm giving you the correct numbers. They, the first two uh, volume, volume one, volume two, have already gone through previews, diamond previews. And, of course, uh, you may be aware that there are codes that you can use that will be standing. Like, for example, uh, volume one is NOV15, November 15, 12, 23, and that's volume one. And then uh, volume two is July, J-U-L-18, 17, 17. Okay. And those are the codes that you would give to your local comic book store to be able to order it through your local comic book store, which I urge you to do. Because, oh, absolutely. Um, I feel that um, there's lots of ways that you can get books. But that local comic book store isn't just a place that sells books. It's a place where we can gather with other people who are like-minded, play some cool board games together, talk, you know, have very vigorous, opinionated <laughs> conversations right, yeah. about whether there should be a female Thor or not, exactly. or whatever happens to be the, the topic du jour. Um, and that's good. I really yeah. think that's good, you know, to be able to have a place, a clubhouse, so to speak. And the only way those comic book stores are going to get preserved is by us giving a them our business mm-hmm. and that's ordering our books through them. It's buying the games there. It's spending time there, uh, you know, and, and kind of like making it a cultural and social, uh, hub for our community of people who love comic books, graphic novels, that sort of thing. Yeah. Very cool. Absolutely. Well, thank you so, so much, yeah. uh, Andrea, Myrna, and, and Roberto. It's a, a pleasure to get to you know speak to both of you as well as uh, well as catching up with Andrea. Uh, thank you so much for you. talking to us again. And uh, we wish you the best and, and keep us updated on, on you know, the, the, Volume four. the path Volume of, four. of the shepherd. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Volume four is in the works. Yep. Excellent. Awesome. We look forward to it. Yeah, very good. So we'll, and hopefully we'll talk to you again when, when we're All right. following up on Volume 4. All right. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you much. Hello. Are we out? Yep. <laughs> now you are.
<laughs> there we go. And they're very cool. Like we down. said, we do it live. We, we do, do it, it live. <laughs> We're doing it live, guys. Very cool. So, you know, for our little plug on that, uh, you know, to follow up on Andrea's take on the local comic shops, uh, please, you know, go. Y- y'all need to go talk to Oral. Over talk at to a, Oral. Over at yeah. a comic shop, you know. Oh, yeah. You're, if you're going to go pick up The Shepherd, which you absolutely should. Go do it. Because it's an incredible story. You need to go talk to Oral. You need to support uh, two of our favorite guests and... and you know, keep the keep the dream alive, guys. And if you're not in the immediate Central Florida area, you know, look around. Definitely, please buy your comic books. Buy your books. Not at Amazon. Still talk to Oral, though. <laughs> yeah, not that Amazon's bad. Just support. Call support local. Yeah. yeah, and also, yeah, somebody should just check on Oral every once in a while. Like, That's true. You know what I mean? He's, right. He's he's in there with all those comic books all day long. Yeah. yeah. Right. I mean, just, this is actually a plea for help. <laughs> please, please, please. <laughs> call, call Oral. Somebody please call Oral. <laughs> All right. Hey, let's do the show backwards, guys, and roll into some This Week in Geek. Yeah, well, I, uh, <laughs> no, no, I mean, between between interviewing Dan's uh, eu- eulogy, like, we're almost done. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, we got some cool, fun stuff to talk about. I think we can we can, we can can blow through this. Oh, yeah. Uh, lighten the mood a little bit. Yeah, lighten yeah, the mood a little I, bit. I feel like I'm bad at knowing three right now. I'm <laughs> stepping up to the plate and, and looking, <laughs> looking to put some humor into this. <laughs> Uh, all right. First off, we've got uh, Netflix announced uh, some really, really cool uh, stuff coming up. Uh, we've got... You uh, didn't ask for it, but here it is. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> oh, so you're very excited about this, Phil? <laughs> so we've got a uh, Pacific Rim anime coming out. We've got uh, New Altered Carbon. Uh, anime. Added, anime. Altered, altered Carbon anime. Not yeah. to be confused with the original series. Right, right. It's now the original <laughs> series anime. The, not, not to be confused with the original Netflix series, Altered Carbon. Now the original Netflix anime series based on the original Netflix I'm waiting series. for the live yep. action BoJack Horseman. <laughs> altered Carbon. Oh my God. Yeah. Who would play BoJack IRL? No, it would just be well, somebody with one of those there's only, No, no. There's only one person that could play BoJack IRL. Bob Saget. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I would say Will Arnett could do it because, well, you know, he does the voice. It's pretty slam dunky. Yeah. You need more than the voice, though. You need, like, a disposition. Right. Bob Saget could do it. Yeah. Well, I mean, isn't BoJack Horseman kind of yeah. written uh, I was, based yeah. on Bob Saget? Like, loosely, like, unofficially, yeah, loosely. Exactly. Character is totally uh, modeled after Bob does Saget. Does he ever do the aristocrats? Because he should do the aristocrats. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. BoJack what? should do the aristocrats. What, what is the aristocrats? The you don't know the aristocrats? Am I? Oh, I'm thinking of the aristocrats. <laughs> yeah, I am too. I'm sitting here <laughs> like, meow, meow, right? Meow. Like, oh, God. Meow, Thomas meow. O'Malley? <laughs> O'Malley the alley cat? Are we not? Is that No, not? the aristocrats is a very old, very dirty joke that uh, is about a family of acrobats. Here we go. Uh, this is acrobats. Sake stuff. <laughs> here, let's do it. And so as the comedian ad-libs basically about what each member of the family does in this acrobatic Routine okay. and it gets very R rated. Okay. And very incesty. Oh. Usually. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and We've Bob Saget is famous for his his aristocrats joke. I'm gonna have to YouTube it and then cry. All right. Yeah. All right. Why very did cool. I see this? <laughs> Taking it to a dark place for trying to lighten the mood, but no. Like, now we're doing acrobatic incest. Totally cool. Totally cool. Acrocest. <laughs> Acrocest. I like that. Not the show title. <laughs> like if, if you wrote the aristocrats on Twitter, you would get fired from Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh no! Oh, yeah, no. is that what that was? Womp womp. <laughs> maybe that's well maybe that's Yeesh. all it is. And somehow, somehow, Bob Saget has has remained. 
Yeah. I wouldn't Bob say su- I wouldn't say successful. Staggered. Yeah, <laughs> but just kind of like Bob under the radar. Like, like he's still buying yachts based on his Full House oh, residuals. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, he yeah. did. He was on Fuller House a couple times too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> as long as we're talking about Netflix I, original series, am I right? Oh, yeah. I would love to and see a Fuller House AMV. anime. And I like how <laughs> coming back on Fuller House, like he couldn't just be like old. Danny Tanner, like he still had to, like, I gotta have some edge if I'm coming back, guys. Like, yeah, right, he's like right, a right, right. Pimp now. <laughs> right. Exactly. I know, I love him. Oh man, so so it looks like Fuller we're, House we're, anime. we're losing Full House anime. Fuller House anime. We're losing <laughs> a lot of of our Marvel shows, but it looks like Netflix is trying to turn itself into the new Crunchyroll. They already are. I like, mean, if you go and just search anime, right. there is a. I want to say plethora. I'm going to say a sheet ton <laughs> instead, right? There is so much. And I just finished last night, the Castlevania season two, which was ridiculously Lucky. good. I haven't would seen you, it would you even call it ridiculous? No, no, just ridiculously good. Okay. We but don't need to make right. up words. On top of the Pacific Rim and Altered Carbon, which Altered Carbon could, could probably be sick because like doing an anime on it, just you don't got to hold back. It's going to be like the Animatrix. Like oh, that, no. I'm oh, done with God. your like semi puns between you and Dan. Like Oof. I'm a standard for Al. Like I will, I will stop this show <laughs> and turn it around. Yeah, I you will guys keep turn this, up. this podcast around. <laughs> what did I do? But there's also <laughs> the uh, Tress Tress. I don't know what it's called. How you say it. there's also Yasuke and Kagastar I'm really oh man an insect cage. I'm really glad you're doing this because I was about to do this and I'm yeah. glad that you're the one that's flubbing all these names right now. Uh, Take it away, Eli. I, <laughs> Tell I, them about the other anime. I can barely <laughs> talk on a normal day. Like why I'm on a podcast, <laughs> I don't know. But uh, so I'm down. I'm comfortable just saying things inappropriate and poorly. Totally, yeah. totally, totally. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, so, no, I think so. I think I mean this is pretty exciting. I mean, Altered Carbon is already a great show, uh, but turning it into an anime, I think you know we're looking at uh, it's you know it's going to be written by uh, the same the same uh, Dai Sato. That uh, worked on Cowboy Bebop and uh, Samurai Champloo. Samurai Champloo. Samurai Champloo. Such so, a great, both great animes. Yeah, I mean, Cowboy also, Bebop is like the seminal is anime. The, is it the, is the anime, anime right? right? Yeah. Like if if you, if you don't watch Cowboy Bebop, like get out, go home, right. leave, I stop wanna, listening to the podcast. If my older son doesn't cut his hair for an extended <laughs> period of time, like his hair looks like you know spike spikes hair that's awesome yeah it looks like spikes hair it's amazing (laughs) that's awesome i never want to cut it yeah so we'll keep uh we'll keep checking up on this i think uh i'll watch them all and i'll tell you guys because i watch a lot of anime there we go there we go i wish i did uh that was definitely part of me growing up but i've lost it somewhere and it makes me feel sad that i don't well so yeah oh man do we want to do we want to go existential podcast because like do you ever just like try and do something that you used to do and like enjoy and then you're like uh and you're like, oh no, that's it. it. I'm, me sad. I'm dead inside. I work now. with kids, so I feel like this would be an easy connection yeah. for me, and I have yet to be able to really jump in. Oh, uh, I, no. I sound like old when I talk to them about it now. Like they're wearing Attack on Titan cloaks, and I was like, I mispronounced Attack on Titan. I was like, I have three Attack different... with Titans or Attack some. <laughs> and oh, I just no. felt old. And, and I you was just like, got oh. absolutely destroyed, right? Because children are ruthless. I got, I got the eye glare, and I was like, <laughs> all right, all calm right. it down. I mean, I may have the Ford team Attack on Titan cloak and the Reserve team. As well as the police cloak. Oh, you're serious. I got, I got, yeah, I got, yeah, the green, <laughs> the light green, and the tan. Like, I'm telling I had you, no idea you had so many cloaks. You know, I maintain you, again that cloaks you haven't, are dope. You haven't seen the stories? Like, the cloak's coming back. Like, the cloak is the premier fashion accessory going into 2019. I want a cloak. It keeps you warm, can cover up uh, any poor fashion decision. And it's, it's fancy. <laughs> it is a poor fashion decision. I was saying it's no. not the poor fashion no. decision. So, you need a cloak for your cloak? Yeah. Ooh. If you want cloak, to keep cloak. cloaks on, well, cloaks you, do on cloaks. you do have a rain cloak over your regular cloak. You, you know, your regular ones like satin or velvet or velour or something well, if you fancy. Oil it up. It will just 
Mm-hmm. It will just roll out. You know what? This is why we bring him on. He is the idea man. <laughs> he is the idea man. I still maintain that, that Phil is the Steve Buscemi. The show. How do you do, fellow children? <laughs> Hello, fellow youths. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, in, in other creepy television news. Oh, my God. Uh, so China is trying to... In an effort for China to try to be like Japan. <laughs> just destroy all of our hopes and dreams and, and add to all of our nightmares. <laughs> I just saw your little edit there, Dan, <laughs> in the corner. <laughs> I didn't notice it until I put it up on the big screen. Oh, <laughs> producer Dan, yeah. come, in, come in. My little Mac Come in and sneaky. Come in and sneaky with the graphics package <laughs> You here. know it. Because uh, who doesn't want the TeamSpeak announcer to speak to you right. all the time? <laughs> so, so China has uh, unveiled an artificial intelligence virtual news anchor. And we've got to drop this clip on the Facebook if you haven't looked it up yet. So you can listen Oof. to the audio uh, because... Is there any way that we can play the audio? <laughs> we We're not. I, I, I need to sleep tonight. I'm not <laughs> listening to it again. Open up TeamSpeak. <laughs> type in any letters you want. <laughs> click the pronunciation and it will talk. Like it's not. It's not uh, <laughs> well, you just imagine that for that. five that, minutes. That was, you do that way too well and yeah. I don't like it. And now I need you to leave <laughs> because we've got an artificial intelligence. That's why do you <laughs> think I should leave? I don't really like that. <laughs> I will find you in your car. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! That's so yeah, so that's right here today. So that's what the news sounds like uh, in China nowadays. Um, you know, my question here is like, it, it, I can see some pros and cons to this, right? So first of all, the animation is is incredible. Like this, this looks like a very very real human, which I can't tell. If I think that's, they used a model. If I remember reading the article, they correctly, took a composite like of model, yeah, multiple, you know, like news anchors and composite model together. And oh, then, okay, like, so that's ter- the mouth. So that's terrifying. They then I was the mouth. I was gonna go either that's amazing or terrifying, but no, definitely terrifying because it's like amazifying a man, a man wearing a thousand <laughs> skins. <laughs> Um, yeah, so so I think this is interesting, though, because on, on one hand, you know, you can argue that sometimes the news, depending on the way it's delivered, could be a little, you know, a news anchor could be a little bit too persuasive. Um, you know, we're gone are the days of Walter Cronkite, a man who just read the news and then signed off and said goodnight. And now we've got, you know, everything's very, I guess, bipartisan. After per, the break. Per different. We've got another massacre. <laughs> yeah, <right? laughs> you know what I mean? So, so on one hand, you could say that, okay, maybe this will reduce bias a little bit and it'll start being a little bit of, you know, more of a streamlined delivery of what's actually going on in the world. But then again, it's China. Seeing so as this was developed by the state shit, shit ton of censorship. So happening. this was developed by this state run television network yeah, right, in right. China. Exactly. You're, you're only going to be read specifically what they want to read. And this AI program probably has a way of like changing certain words and phrases. Yeah. Remember, right. remember John Oliver did that bit about the TV stations, all the local stations that are being eaten up by the big. Oh, right. And they all, it shows all the Do different the newscasters messages, yeah. reading the same thing. And they, yeah, they show like he does like shows two of them, then four of them, eight of them, yeah. 16 of Uncanny. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now I do have. This is just the next step of that. But there is a service here that kind of does this. If you have Amazon Prime, and you get your, um, what's the book thing called? The uh, Amazon. No, no. Amazon Books. Audible. Audible. Right. So if you if you have the Audible app. Oh, right, Audible. <laughs> as part of Prime, you get a bunch of like free, like cool. There's like some podcasts and things like that that you get as part of being an Amazon Prime subscriber. Mm-hmm. Now they and they have a news one where like main articles from the Washington Post, the New York Times, someone just reads them. Like a person just reads them like very dry. They just, <laughs> it is, it's like just, a, it's just, they're like two minutes long. It's just article after article. So you just, on the way to work, you can just click the first one. And it's someone saying like as dry as they can, 
there was a car accident and someone did something and da 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 da. What did they do? Yeah. <laughs> there was a shooting the at a local sandwich shop. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. That's much better. Yeah. Liz, good at talking. Thank you, Liz. <laughs> yeah, but that's how it is. And you can just get, like, you know, Washington Post, New York Times. There's a couple of Chicago Tribune, I think. There's like six of them. And they just, there's a bunch of stories that if you, updates multiple times a day. If you just say, Alexa, read me a story, she will start talking and giving you a story no matter what you want. <laughs> just, just any story. Any, just any story. Random story. It's great. Cool. I try to fall asleep to that when I'm not freaked out. Oh, see, no. God, no. I can yeah, never fall asleep. Okay. So I, I, speaking of trying to fall asleep to things. So I had recently downloaded <laughs> uh, Headspace, which is like, yeah, the, yeah, like yeah. the meditation the app. Meditation and thing. I'm laying there and I'm doing like the sleep meditation thing. And I'm so anxious about it because I'm like, I think everything is okay. So let me tell you. It's I was a jump scare. No, I'm serious. <laughs> this is a, like, like, like I, I was ruined when I was like 12 years old when somebody like through instant messenger was like, hey, check out this funny video. And it's like a little animation of like two little kids walking through the woods. And then all of a sudden it's a scary ghost face and the speaker are all oh, the way yeah, up yeah, and it's yeah. screaming. <laughs> and That's I, a classic. I don't trust anything on the internet anymore. And so I'm like, they're trying to listen to this relaxing sleep meditation. And I'm like, when's it going to, when's it going to freak me out? Oh, when's it going to freak no. me out? What's going to be like, Oh, you're picturing yourself in a golden meadow and there's birds chirping. And then there's a man. And then a man shows up and slaughters your entire family. Sweet dreams. And he just keeps <laughs> getting a little closer. But now think of the butterflies. And he's getting Liz a is like, closer. Liz, you're like the opposite of ASMR. <laughs> She's oh like, my God. I, ASMR, I just need conglomerate noise. <laughs> ASMR freaks me out too because they're like whispering. And then I'm afraid that they're just going to scream into yeah. the <laughs> Don't like, like You're it. getting really into it. You're like, yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, we yeah, do I, thunderstorm sounds at night. Yeah, but, yeah. But I'm always waiting for like the, like, I don't know. <laughs> reed, reed, yeah. Y'all <laughs> <laughs> uh, have trust issues. Yeah, yeah. Just gonna, <laughs> that's a whole different episode. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, AI anchor. Do you think we're ever, ever going to get this uh, stateside? No. D- no. 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 I hope no. not. I hope not. Yeah, as soon as it's good enough that you don't have to pay like news anchor salaries, it'll be like so quick. And we won't even notice. They'll be like, all the news anchors will get fired and replaced with like digital versions of like the same person. Right, right. It's literally fake news. Yeah. Yeah. Literally fake news. Artificial news. Oh my God. Artificial news. Let's let's cancel this podcast, start a new one, and we'll just call it literally fake news. (laughs) Literally fake news. (laughs) Welcome to literally fake news. In this episode, cow jumps over the moon. (laughs) Welcome to literally fake news. Today, we're going to talk about actual news. (laughs) Can you trust us or not? Oh my God. No, and that's okay. So that's my favorite quote from, uh, from this article, you know, talking about this, this AI news anchors, the, the way this guy ends his article is the future folks soon. Nothing will be real and you won't be able to tell if you're living inside a computer simulation or a computer simulation is living inside of you. What's that supposed to mean? No clue. I just thought it made me sound smart. Zero zero one one zero zero. It just goes off into binary. Oh, I love that. We've, we've been decoded. Super great and in no way terrifying. Well, when, you know, when theoretical scientists are talking about the multiverse, you know, situation, a lot of them say the most, li- the most likely scenario statistically possible is that we live in a simulation. God, yeah. I Over can't. all the multi. Yeah. Nope. nope. We cannot, simulation is the number one. We cannot go down this rabbit hole again. Make me sad because <laughs> it's like, that means there's like a bazillion of me. And, and, and one of them's, them's happy yeah. somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm like. <laughs> 
Maybe one. How do I go there and murder that one? Right. <laughs> God. I'm like, I come know. on. I'm like, Happy Phil. I'm like, I wonder what successful Liz is doing. Well, that's the scary part. What if I am successful, Phil? Oh, my God. Like, this is the best. Like, you go. Like, yeah. they're going to invent, like, multiverse travel one day. Right. And they're going to go, like, oh, I'm going to go check out on my other. And you show up, and it's just fire. Oh, Phil's and, eating ah! ramen. Oh, Phil's eating ramen in a red bowl. Oh, okay. Every, <laughs> all right. Everyone you visit is like, can I get five bucks? Right. That reminds me of the, uh, what was the, uh, the epic rap battles <laughs> where it's yeah. like Stephen Hawking and was it Carl Sagan or somebody? Yeah. yeah. And he's like, God made a billion, 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 trillion particles, but you're the ugliest one or whatever. Yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's an infinite amount of fills and you're just the most successful one somehow. Oh, Good job. man. That's really... Suck it out of fills. <laughs> <laughs> Super cool. Makes what's you feel like, great, What's it, it like standing on top of infinity, Phil? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know from down here. <laughs> I'm what a, a hamster amongst guinea pigs. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. Wait, guinea pigs amongst. <laughs> shoot. You really, you really, maybe you're not the most successful timeline. Maybe this is not. Well, I'm here, aren't I? Oh! <laughs> and then Phil just slipped away into a crack yeah, in just, the ether. <laughs> well, and I'm fear it's like when you observe something, it changes. So what if we're aware of it and I just disappear? Oh and then God. you guys don't even, like, this is. Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm saying you wouldn't we even did know. This, we did this I once before. Yeah. We did this on an episode in the past, and I couldn't handle it. I was not okay for like weeks, oh, and then we did like, and then we I did, then we did the Blade Runner 2049 yeah. review like shortly after we did the the living in a simulation. No, anyway, let's talk about something way less depressing. Uh, they made Monopoly for millennials, <laughs> <laughs> where you can never save any money. Is avocado toast an icon? Like a little piece? God, I hope so. There's avocados on the board. Okay, good, uh, good, good. Oh, let's see. We got a camera. We got sunglasses. It looks like we've got a hashtag. We've got an emoji. It looks like we've got a fixed speed bicycle. <laughs> I'm confused because that is obviously a hipster camera and not a millennial camera, right? right That's like... Right, right, right. I think hipsters and millennials are very... There's a lot of overlap. It's, it's a sub... There, there for sure sub, is. It's a subcategory. Yeah. You know what I mean? But you don't put like, like a, an old, you know film type studio camera, like real camera, you put an actual, like, like a Nikon cool picture or something in there. <laughs> why, are, why are there shades? Like what, what about that makes it millennial? Yeah. Like uh, lazy, do other lazy. people not yeah, want to protect their <laughs> eyes? <laughs> it's just a the, lazy old game designer. The one yeah. that makes me sad is the pound symbol. Uh, you, the hashtag? The hashtag. <laughs> the hashtag. You gotta hashtag uh, it. <laughs> hashtag. Somebody told me a gate code the other day and it was like, it's, it's a uh, 38627 hashtag. Oh no! It's three two eight like, six seven pounds. Uh, <laughs> no, I purposely like totally switched those definitions now, so I do exactly that. So on Twitter, he's like pound this, pound yeah. that, pound. <laughs> yeah, I don't say it's like, they don't pound the bell. You know, you pound at for geek's sake. <laughs> oh God! There you go. Pound it. Uh, and so, you, you so hashtag two seven eight one gate code <laughs> for my late community. Jesus. Oh. Writing that down. I'm going to get into that like community. Seriously. And go a pantsless. <laughs> <laughs> Midnight to pool. That, Dro- dropping that humble brag a little that's, bit. That's the gate code. It's a weird Earth. flex, but okay. <laughs> that's the gate code for Earth 4 Eli's lake house. Yeah. <laughs> Earth 1 Eli, no lake house. Earth 4. 
Oh man. Earth four doesn't he doesn't have uh, So what in the so do you do you only rent property? Like you just so, go around and try yeah, to get the you, cheapest yeah, rent? Yeah, you, you only rent property. You <laughs> can you can absolutely right? you can absolutely never buy property. Uh yeah, no, you actually in, in a very and it this even says on the box, forget is, real estate, you can't afford it yeah. anyway. Seriously. <laughs> uh, this is the, the most the, like just I think just the grossest thing that I've ever heard because I've said this before too. So you actually gain experience you spend your money on experience. Right. You gain experience points and you just kind of visit your friends and Which like sounds like lame D and D. This is the only time where I'm not excited about experience points. <laughs> I've never not been excited about experience points. And yet here I am frustrated <laughs> with experience points. Like, oh God, you just made me think like in that D and D universe, all those heroes that they all leveled up to like level 20 and spent their whole life gathering experience Aww. and they're just sad and depressed because they have nothing oh to show for it. Yeah. Oh, oh, D&D's <laughs> just for millennials. Oh, gosh. <laughs> they're all millennials. Well, this is why bards exist. If there weren't bars that tell of your tales, you have nothing to show for it. Bards are social media. Oh, my God. So, okay. So, what they say to describe the game is money doesn't always buy a great time, but experiences, whether they're good or weird, last forever. That is the understatement of the century. Wow. Who's uh, that? Like... <laughs> The, mono- been, oh, sorry, go ahead. the Monopoly for Millennials game celebrates just that. Instead of collecting as much cash as possible, players are challenged to rack up the most experiences to win. Uh, and players don't pay rent. They visit one another, earning more experience points. This board game is a great way to bring a fun and relaxed vibe to a party or casual get-together. Uh, you no longer buy properties, arguably the core mechanic of Monopoly. You just blow all your money on experiences instead. And so like whoever has been at a party or a, a, a casual get together and yeah. been like, Hey guys, let's play some Monopoly. Yeah. Well, I like it. Cause that like, won't end in I'd be like, I'd rather punch myself in the balls. Thank you. <laughs> I like it now. Cause like boardwalk is a menage a trois. You're like, <laughs> Experience. experience. That's the hallmark of no, because there's, there's Park Place after it. Oh, so you know, but no, I thought Boardwalk was the big one. Then Park, Park Place. Place. No, Park, Park Place is the big one. Okay. No, it goes Park Place, Boardwalk. Boardwalk's the last one. Oh my god, are we gonna fight about this? We're not even playing Monopoly, and we're about I'm to get so into a fight right about now. fucking Wait, Monopoly. Right? <laughs> That'll be a table flip just with a conversation. <laughs> no, of Monopoly. Park Place is more expensive. <laughs> but can you imagine their marketing? Like, I'm gonna role play it real quick. There's like some guy on his phone, and and like the boss is like, okay, we need to come up with another silly Monopoly, and he points to the guy on the phone. He's like Johnson, and he's like, huh, uh, um, uh, sir, I think we should do Monopoly for. Millennials, <laughs> and there's a pause, and he's like, "Go on," and he's like, "Sunglasses and 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 and, and cameras. That will be the icon." Hashtags. <laughs> yes, yeah. but, but what is the hook? What is the hook? Uh, uh, you can't get real estate. They're shitty people, right? They don't. You know what? Courthouse. <laughs> you know what, Johnson? None of my kids have real estate. This is the truest game I've ever heard. <laughs> Oh, Let's make it. Oh, thanks, sir. Huh. I'm going to go back to my Instagram. Besides, we've already made every college sports team, NFL sports team, and Warhammer. fantasy product. Warhammer 40K yeah. has a monopoly. Oh if you want to have the grim darkness of real estate, go get yourself some Warhammer 40K. <laughs> the grim darkness. Uh, there's also millennials. Uh, I'm sorry, millennials. There's, there's also, also monopoly for millennials. There's also monopoly for cat lovers. Well, uh, um, so, so, so it's true then. Monopoly for bass fishing. <laughs> yeah. Monopoly is the number one salad on the planet, right? Like yeah. it's true. Nothing is sold out like Monopoly is sold out. Yeah. Oh my God. Monopoly is a Monopoly. Monopoly is a Monopoly. Monopoly, is, <laughs> Monopoly has a Monopoly on Monopoly. <laughs> on themes. I have, I have parents ask me like, Oh, why don't you have Monopoly for hero spark? I'm like, it's a garbage <laughs> game for garbage <laughs> people. <laughs> Because we want children. Well, don't hate on the classics. If you ever want to play a game that you never get to finish, 
then Monopoly is the perfect one. I like oh Risk. God. I like Sorry, even. I like this simulation that we're all in. I, did, uh, I don't. Liz, don't worry. You won't feel a thing. Oh, God. Sweet release. <laughs> Finally. That's almost as creepy as... Pikachu talking like Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Or is uh, Ryan Reynolds talking oh, like Pikachu? Segue, that was a segue, folks. <laughs> uh, so we dropped the trailer for Detective Pikachu, which this has got to be, uh, to quote the guy from BlizzCon, an off-season April Fool's joke. <laughs> is this an off-season April Fool's joke? <laughs> because, because we are literally getting a Deadpool Pikachu movie. And I don't know about you guys, but I could not be happier. I'm here for it. I am so here for this. It's not even funny. Oh my God. I am because I mean, I like, I was a Pokemon kid. You know what I mean? I was super here for it. I was super into it. Of course I was a girl. So I was all like, Pika Pika. It's so cute. Oh my God. I had the little thing that you carried around and like, like, like they tried to like get kids like active or something like before Fitbits existed. There was like a Pikachu. Oh yeah. You had a little Pikachu. Yeah. um, The step step counter. counter. Yeah. It was a Fitbit. Like right, for earlier time, it was like a Fitbit ahead of its time. If they totally. resold that right now, oh, it would man. just go nuts. Well, you saw there's. Well, a, I guess they have Pokemon Go. Well, right? there's a rumor. Well, they have Pokemon Go, but there's a rumor flying around that they're releasing a uh, limited edition uh, Pokemon Tamagotchis. No way. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's the original. It's the OG three and Pikachu. So you're you, you, Squirtle, Charmander. Something uh, I never asked for, but wanted. Bulbasaur and Pikachu. It's like the, the Tamagotchi yeah. that you never knew you right. needed until right now in this very moment. I'd, I'd be up for a Tamagotchi again. I actually have more free time now because you wouldn't have it. You weren't allowed to have it. In Were you not here? Was this not the last episode that we had no, you on where no. we talked about Tamagotchi? No. Oh no, this was just last week. I love week. Tamagotchi. Oh yeah, we had a whole, we had a whole and conversation about. And how Liz just murders all of them. <laughs> <laughs> Why? <laughs> <laughs> not on purpose. Oh, it's no, even no, worse. No. She loved them to death. I, I just love them so much. Do you have real pets? <laughs> I do. Liz is that student when they do like the home ec project. I was like, here's your bag of flour. Take care of it for the week. Liz gets home and there's like a message from the teacher. You're like, Liz, you forgot your flower on your desk. <laughs> <laughs> you fail. Oh, whoops. <laughs> She's more like in that, uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, the, the sequel to the, the video game game, the movie. You know, the video game game. You know? Video game game. Wreck-It Ralph. Wreck-It Ralph. Oh Wreck-It Ralph breaks the internet where it's he keeps giving the, the, the milkshakes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it explodes. <laughs> that was all of her pets. Oh, no. <laughs> no, my, my pets are all very well fed. Yeah, uh, that's I can't, wait, I can't wait for <laughs> but, that movie. But none of them, <laughs> none of them talk to me like Pikachu does. Uh, no, this looks this looks awesome. This so, looks legit. So the so so Detective Pikachu is an existing game in the Pokemon universe, mm-hmm. um, and so this this movie is kind of derived from that. But uh, I guess we live in a world where uh, it hum- seems a little gritty. Though. A little gritty uh, in, the, in in kind of like a little gritty city. It looks like, um, and it seems like we're we're kind of post like trainer and owner. And kind of in a world where Pokemon and humans are coexisting, right. so they're seen less as I don't even, I don't know if Pokemon are seen as pets or like you know like dog it's dog seen- fighting dogs. Oh. You know what I mean? Like- I just like the studio's decision or the the property. It's like, hey, we're not going to make a live-action Pokemon movie or do anything of that nature, especially following on the success of all the Pokemon stuff. Now we're going to go straight right. to like some really obscure, creepy. Detective Pikachu. Right. <laughs> well, it goes back to Johnson, our, our theoretical marketer guy. Like he's on his phone again. And like, all right, we need a new Pokemon thing. Johnson. He's like, Detective Pikachu <laughs> does stuff. This guy's great. I got to get, I got to hire Johnson. We need, we need a Johnson. Hire Johnson. Hire Johnson. We'll get Ryan Reynolds. It'll be great. It'll be great. It'll be great. Uh, yeah. Bizarre, so, but I'm down. 
totally, totally bizarre, but totally down. I've you watched know, and, it. And on top of this too, we I didn't I didn't include it in the show this week because there was just so much. I mean, we, we right. if we didn't have the interview lined up with Andrea, this totally would have been in this week in B roll because oh my god, there was so much news this week. Uh, but but piggybacking on this, we did get the announcement about the PG thirteen Deadpool movie that's yeah. going to be released Once around around Korea. Once upon a Deadpool is going to be released around Christmas. Can we call it an edit? PG thirteen edit. Yeah. Sure. Sure. There we go. And so it's like a five minute movie. Is that understand? No. No. Right? No. They said it's about four minutes shorter than what? than the original cut. But they had some other footage and oh. they got all the original stuff and they just sort of cut it more into a PG-13 format. Yeah, they obviously... I'll watch it. And all the money's going to charity. Oh, I'll yes. definitely watch yeah. it. Yeah, not well, all. It's like a dollar from each ticket or goes whatever. to... Yeah, I mean, not all the money. You know it's Disney now. A some money. charity that money I is going totally to charity. know the name of. I think it is... I mean... It's Liz, I'm on here. Do we really want to plug more chair? No. <laughs> oh, wow. Hey, Someone's how, did, how did, uh, check in with Phil. How did, um, oh, I was going to do that as my shameless plug. Oh, never mind. Did Tim Phil do okay? Yeah. Tim how did Phil Tim, did great. How did Tim Phil do? Did you get my donation? I did. You did. did you? I okay, really you appreciate saw. it. Tim Phil did fantastic. I got second place. There was a, no. Oh. Andy killed it. But I, okay, I okay, but Al, Al didn't win. No, as no. Long as <laughs> <laughs> no I, we gotta I, talk to Al. I'm mad. Like I donate to Al's, and I'm like really angry that I just wasted my money. On, I should have gone t- Team Phil. Tim Phil should have gone oh, Tim, Tim Phil. Phil. Just, just remember, the real winners are our kids. <laughs> yeah, no, no. It's like, like when you're like you're Republicans or Democrats going at it hard, then you vote Green Party, and then you realize like your mistake after the fact. It was like it was like that. I went Green Party Aww. on this. And what am I? Well, I don't want to get into that. I really regret. We're not getting into that. Yeah, That's no, how we get in trouble. Exactly. <laughs> I, exactly. I'm actually like, there's nothing I've said cringeworthy yet, and I'm so happy. I haven't ripped my hair out yet. I'm doing great. I'm killing it. You've just jinxed time. it. You've, no, no. <laughs> I can't possibly fail. Every, everyone quiet. Phil, keep going. Yeah, keep talking. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> five minutes later. God, what are they? <laughs> what have I done? Oh, God. Everyone's on fire. Everyone's dead. <laughs> oh, man. All right, so let's get into some of our paid segments, yeah, shall we? Shall we, shall we, shall we? Shall, yeah, we shall. We shall. Uh, All right, so first up... Uh, real quick, I found the, the charity. Oh, good. The charity is called Fuck Cancer. <laughs> oh, fantastic. But they, but, they, but they changed it to be more PG-13 friendly for the movie to... Fudge Cancer. Fudge Cancer. Fudge Cancer. Fudge Cancer. You know what? That sounds delicious. <laughs> no. Well, you know, actually, you know what? As <laughs> Give me all the Fudge Cancer. While we're talking about no, Fudge Cancer, that's a good segment. That's a good little transition for me to bring out the burger socks. <laughs> As promised, <laughs> the burger socks. <laughs> so that no, came I, free. Do- I have hot dog socks. Uh, these came free from them. McDonald's with an Uber Eats order. Wow, Phil, you want to be on the show, but obviously you don't listen to any of the episodes because we talked about this last week. Oh, yeah. I have <laughs> last week's I have episode was titled I burger, to burger Socks. socks. <laughs> I listened to Tim Phil. Yeah. <laughs> burger Socks. I've been busy. All yes. right. <laughs> oh, my God. Just listening to yourself in your car like. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't Me. like to just smell their own farts, you know? <laughs> There it is. There it is. <laughs> I did. We, we did it. Phil ruined something. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, I, I have you guys on all backlog. Like I, I like, and I've have like a, a big administrative day where I'm just typing away. Yep, it goes on, and I start listening. Sure, sure. No, so sure. here's what we do next time. Phil wants to come on the show, Liz. You quiz him about the prior week's episode, mm. and if he doesn't know anything we talked about, then he's not allowed hey, on the show. Yeah. It's time to find out if Phil has been paying attention. <laughs> the answer is probably <laughs> is not. Is that the theme song for our segment? <laughs> yeah, because I'll tell you. That burger sock segment killed me. Oh like, my god! I laughed 
Like <laughs> I don't listen. I don't laugh as much to, about the show when I listen as I should. Cause I'm out. I'm usually being like hypercritical when I get to listen. That's fair. Uh, but that episode, like that segment killed me. Like I was like, so Phil to, to, to fill you in. No, no, I'm going to just, we're, <laughs> no, no, we're, no, no, we're no, doing. No. I'm, I'm going home and I'm listening to it, oh, but I wanted to fill you in. Yeah. I, I love the pun, but all right, all right, that's Phil's right. segment. At this point, Phil's it's on me. It's on me. True, 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 true. All right, so let's let's uh, let's get into our first our book recommendation. I'm going to take this one, guys. Uh, okay. cool, cool, so cool. Shoo this one in. Obviously, I'm going to go ahead and recommend The Shepherd, volumes one, two, and three. Y'all should be out there picking them up. Mm-hmm. You heard it from the man himself, like Andrea. Golf putt. We, <laughs> yeah, right. Like, <laughs> I don't have to let people know that I don't read. <laughs> and I'll tell you this: I don't want to spoil much, but man, when you get to some of this like PTSD type stuff in the comic book, like, yeah, it shows. Like, you get confused and disoriented reading sort of what those characters are going through and it's it's intense yeah not for the faint of heart but i can't wait to read it but a great read our book recommendation obviously brought to you by the jl mo the author of the mcshane mcmurder mcmystery mcmini mcseries can we just call it Six I think mix. there was one extra mic there. Yeah, yeah. there might be. We didn't like <laughs> There's always one extra mic. Author there. of the mix sevens. <laughs> but I was loving it. <laughs> uh, Burger sucks. <laughs> Burger sucks. Thank you, Jay Elmo. Epi- this episode brought to you by Burger Socks. Andrew Elmo. Thanks, McDonald's. Uh, check her out. Mm-hmm. Amazon. Yeah. Al's still waiting on book six. Do it. We that's, all are. That's that's. But yeah. There's like a, a whole contingent of readers like book readers in this world waiting on book six. It's okay. Cause another, another article that my, that my heart really wanted to put into this week's episode, uh, but it was going to be three hours long. If we just kept adding <laughs> everything was uh, how uh, George, George R. R. Martin, Martin. Uh, <laughs> released an official statement yeah. about how writing a book is really it's, hard. It's really hard guys. <laughs> Good job, George R. R. He literally came out and was like, I know everyone's been waiting, but Winds of Winter is really hard. You already have it. It's in your HBO show. Now there's no point for you to write the book anymore. Right? Just stop. Ugh. I gave up on that. Yeah. I mean, uh, the, what was it? Dance of Dragons should have been called Dance Without Edits. Like, <laughs> I don't want 30 pages of food, dude. Just, I know you do. Uh, but just have yeah. the whole staff of HBO writers just send you like their notes. Yeah, just right. send you the notes of what they think is going to happen or should happen right. and just write your book off that in four <laughs> days. Just piece <laughs> them easy. together. Yeah, piece them together. He's not going to finish it's the really, books, it's right? really like, hard. That's not a thing. Oh, then, no, why would you even want to read them? Like, they're already on HBO, so whatever. Because I just want my books. Well, he understands that no series can be truly great until the author dies before it's finished. And Robert Jordan right. right, yeah, Robert sure. Jordan yeah, I think, I think, honestly, I think that's what he's holding out for. He's like, I'm going down like, like Jordan. Well, you could do it two ways. You could do it like Jordan or you could Tolkien it and you just drag it up every once in a while and oh here's a new book and it's like no it's not it's the so early and like shh, 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 shh. <laughs> it's children's of Huron, which is in <laughs> chapters of of the summer but i assure you i'm like i'm flipping this i've read this all before <laughs> and they're like no 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 it's new it's new see the historical account of all <laughs> these Money, family please. names i, I <laughs> do different names but it's the same historical account i'm telling you right uh, <laughs> oh boy can we do Liz's mom? Yeah, we can absolutely do Liz's mom. Oh, jeez, I nearly forgot. We can do. <laughs> how can well, you forget? Waiting for Liz's mom. How, Liz's mom. Bill, how could you forget that's to do Liz's that's mom? That's insulting to like, my mother. Not first true. of all, I love doing Liz's mom. It's <laughs> my favorite part of this whole show. It's everyone's <laughs> favorite part. Of, even our audience is our favorite part of the show. Uh, I'm telling you, this is turning into less jokes with Liz's mom and more fun facts with Liz's mom. Okay, uh, but, I mean but the puns. But did you guys know that the guy that invented the door knocker won the Nobel Prize? <laughs> it took I me a second. love how long it takes <laughs> Phil to get these fucking jokes. No bell. 
<laughs> Joke terrible. Phil's reaction priceless. <laughs> There's no bell. <laughs> That's oh, patreon.com slash for geek's sake. Boy. Um, our third um, uh, paid segment has been uh, spoken for. Spoken for. It is purchased. We don't have the segment yet. We are eagerly awaiting. Uh, mm-hmm. on, we're just going to be like book six all over again. We're just sitting here. <laughs> and we got it coming, guys. I'm telling you. Like, writing a segment is hard. Okay? It's very hard. Come up with a bit. It's really hard. <laughs> it's really hard. Come up with a bit. I'm just going to write an encyclopedia instead. Can I pay $20 a month just to have the, the bits implemented into the episodes more naturally. (laughs) (laughs) I don't don't think we're capable of doing that. (laughs) That's a bridge too far. I don't think, I don't think we're capable of doing that at all. Uh, Let's get into some shameless plugs, shameless pluggos, pluggy plug. As always, as always, you can find me at epic events, Orlando.com for all your DJ service needs. You can find Liz next to me. Breaking the studio. Come on, Liz. <laughs> Everything's fine. It's fine. Situation. Um, how are you? <laughs> oh, it's because Al's left-handed. I can't screw this thing properly. That's my only plug this week. <laughs> I uh, I put all my other energy into Stanley. So. <laughs> oh boy, Eli, what you got? Will I will I fix the equipment? So over here? Liz, Liz, obviously only dates right-handed men. So. <laughs> But I would like to. Oh, turn me back on. <laughs> you were fixing it. I was <laughs> muting you while you fixed. But we missed a cackle laugh. Come on. Oh. Um, I want to plug what's called. I think I, me or Al might have talked about this, or we. I forget. Like I literally have no idea. Like I go to work on Wednesday, and people are like, "Hey, how was the show yesterday? What'd y'all talk about?" And I'm like, uh, <laughs> "I gotta pull up the notes and look because I have no idea what we talked about." <laughs> but there's a thing called the deck of many things. Did I talk about this? I don't, so. I don't think so. That's a D&D things. thing. Yeah, right? it's a D&D you're thing. Not, you're not pulling an owl and, and, and plugging. No, so <laughs> some, some guy's been posting this to Reddit for a while. Just one, one, like one card at a time, like these sort of like cards he's created. And they're like, what's a gimmicky item? Like uh, like magical mirror. It's like the right. mirror of seeing. And then it's a really like gimmicky, funny description of like a magical mirror and what it would do. And there's a whole like running theme of these like interesting items. It was like hat of the gnome. You know, <laughs> and it, you know, sunglasses of the aviator, and you know, so all these cool. Ah, yeah, <laughs> and they, there's a <laughs> lot of. Me a second. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of really clever ones. Just say it like Yoda. Yeah, I, I you know, I could actually. <laughs> things uh, of many deck. What? Things of many deck. I don't deck of many things. Oh, deck of many things. Or can I actually like? Wouldn't it be deck of things many? Many deck thing deck. <laughs> no, 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 we broke Phil. Deck, 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 anything, deck, deck. But he's stalling while I try to look for this, which is great, but I can't do it. Blip, 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 stalling, doop, 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 doop. So anyway, there's a Kickstarter, and the, the guy started a Kickstarter to get you actual, like, physical decks of the cards. <laughs> I'm down. Physical decks of decks of many things. Um, and they're, like, sort of ridiculously large cards as well. So, and it's like 30 bucks support the guy but if you pay you know your one dollar whatever the small amount is you get like pdf versions they can print out and do yourself oh, that's cool and it's super funny it's super cool has anyone ever used the deck of many things in D before because it's one insane. probably would have had to have played D before right it's fair <laughs> i just, just i played D once uninitiated the deck of many things is a deck that can absolutely grant you like wish level abilities from your character or if you flip the wrong card, it can teleport your character naked into a crystal th- anywhere in a 3,000-mile radius underground. <laughs> and you'll never find... The character's not dead. You remain in stasis. Oh, no. and, and you're not dead, Some but you will shit. never be found. 
Like, you will never be found. And so this deck, like, if anyone sees it, like, the immediate reaction is to never touch it, don't open it, or you flip all 52 cards and just see what, see what happens. Right. Uh, it's, it's nuts. That's oh, pretty man. cool to hear. So let's see. Some names of, you know, these cards of decks of many things. Uh, let's see here. Uh... Go on, Phil. Plug yourself. Okay. Right. <laughs> I, I looked at the time and I'm like, we're not doing this. Let's not live on the, the show. air. Um, so I got. It's not two that interesting. Sorry. Quick things. Going back to the Hero Spark fundraiser. First of all, thank you everyone that donated. You uh, are welcome. I really appreciate it from the bottom of my heart, and it's going to seriously help our programs moving forward. Uh, 2019 is going to be a huge year for us, and I'm very excited to eventually be on the show again to talk about Hero Spark because <laughs> it's going to be lit. Um, Look at you working with the kids. We raised picking up on the lingo. Six thousand dollars. That's amazing. Awesome. Uh, that's a thousand dollars over the goal. Right. We reached hero status. I'm, and so, I'm, so, I'm stealing your plug. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. No, it was a good back and forth. Uh, so thank you guys. I really appreciate it. And then the last thing I want to talk about real quick that's also near and dear to my heart. Uh, so the election happened last week, which you know we're not going to get into that. But one of the things that did pass that I'm I'm excited for personally is the Greyhound uh, racing ban. Uh, while that's exciting, uh, we have 8,000 Greyhounds that are going to need homes in the next year, uh, which is scary. So uh, my wife and I are going to adopt another <gasps> one. We're going to name him Apollo Flamingo, which is dope. Cool. Uh, <laughs> we like to have really avant-garde, crazy Greyhound names in, in our family. So uh, my first Greyhound was Cat Dog. Okay. Uh, second Greyhound was Rocket Flamingo. That's my brother's Greyhound, okay. uh, who unfortunately died of bone cancer. Aww. So in, in the same vein, Apollo Flamingo is going to be the new rocket. The predecessor. Well, uh, if you have another one, it really should be Santa's little helper. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. You got to get I, I, We might one. need That's like five one. or six Greyhounds, true, though. Very true. 8,000 that 8, need 000. to be rescued in 8, this time. 8,000 dogs, guys. And if they don't, I'm afraid of what's going to happen yeah, to so those when they all get when they all get turned into like fertilizer, all you that voted yes, Seriously. your fault. Yep. <laughs> so if you voted yes on this, I'm not saying you have to, to get a Greyhound, but I mean, I'm, sure s- I'm saying find, you have to get yeah. a Greyhound. <laughs> find a, a, a Greyhound shelter that you, uh, I, for instance, we got ours from uh, the Greyhound Pet Society of America and the Orlando chapter. Gold Coast Greys is another great one. Great, G-R-E-Y-T. Uh, and make sure if, you, if, you, if you're looking about getting a dog, you know, uh, adopt a Greyhound. They're wonderful. I have one currently, and she's just lovely. She sleeps on the couch all day and asks for belly rubs. Like, it's about it. They're not, yeah, they don't I, need a ton I, of exercise. I think that's a common misconception with Greyhounds is people are afraid of getting them because of the, the stigma. They're too because active. They, yeah, they're too active. They need to be run. And really, I they're just like, you, they're kind of like super tired of running. <laughs> 18 hours a day. They're like, nah, you mean I don't have to chase the rabbit today? I'll cool. jingle the leash to get Lady to get up and she'll look at me and be like, <laughs> <laughs> I had to like drag her out of the, her bed every morning that's to go awesome. pee. Oh, so, that's great. Get a greyhound. They're, get a greyhound. They're hound. great dogs. Absolutely. Is that all you got? Yep. That's, cool. That's all I got. I've got one. This is actually, I'm, uh, I'm plugging on behalf of Al and our good friends, uh, Hennessy and Rachel uh, with the uh, National Air Guitar Championships competitions. Um, we've got a comedy, I'm sorry, a cancer benefit show coming up uh, titled... <laughs> I know I screwed. Whiff. I screwed the pooch on that one. Swing and a miss. <laughs> Ooh, all right, you got to step from the batter's box from that one. <laughs> kind of look at the pitcher, like what the what was that? 
<laughs> it just cut in at the last second. Oh, man. All right. Uh, <laughs> a comedy show that is a benefit for cancer is what I'm trying to get at here. It's called Comedy for Rex. Uh, Friday night, November 16th. That's this upcoming Friday night. So tomorrow, if you're listening on Thursday, at the Broken Cauldron, uh, which you, you've heard Al talk about mm-hmm. how wicked awesome the Broken Cauldron is. It's kind of the... Um, the Broken Cauldron is the, the official bar of the Orlando... Um, City Soccer? Orlando City Soccer League, or it, the official official? Or, I'm not sure oh, I know there's, a, official, there's also a bar called the Lion's Den. Lion's Pride. Yeah. Lion's Pride is the official one, yeah. Right, but Broken Cauldron is is near the stadium. Well they be. do They do a lot of pre-gaming there and stuff. Um, so, yeah, that's at 9 p.m. Uh, it's presented by... Um, Leslie Joe, it's hosted by Hennessy Williams, so our, our good friend Hennessy Williams. So, you know, if you're looking for something different to do uh, on a Friday night, go, you know, go support a good cause. Go uh, hang out with our good friend Hennessy and go donate some money to, uh, to a good cause. Fudge cancer. Fudge, Fudge cancer, Fudge. you guys. Uh, you cancer. beat me to it. All right. I think, uh, I think we did it. I think we, I think we created a show guys. All right. I think we did it. Thank you, Phil, for coming to hang I out. I did rip my hair out this time. You didn't rip your hair out this time. We're so proud of you. Uh, thank you as always to, uh, technical director, Eli, director for, uh, making all this stuff happen with all of the, the, the bugs and the whistles and the, I'm still stressed out and the wires. And he's having and a the ones rough and the bips and the baps. He's having a rough night. Uh, thank you so much to producer Dan for coming in with his, with his heartfelt eulogy for yeah, Mr. Stanley. Absolutely. Thank oh. you for letting uh, me. Thank you to Andrea and Myrna and Roberto for talking to us. Uh, you guys better be checking out The Shepherd. And that's it. That's all we got for you. Check us out. Do the thing. Social media is yeah, the, yeah. the YouTubes, the Patreon. Donate. Go do the stuff. I'm very, this is like, you guys ever like, do, like just do really bad at ending a voicemail. Like, yeah. All like, right. So, uh, <laughs> anyway, so call me back. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, yep. So I'll talk to you later. Three, like so, you ended, like you ended the interview. All right. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. yep. <laughs> oh, calling me out in the middle of the episode. This is chops busted fellow adult. Liz <laughs> on behalf of all of us here at for geek's sake saying Excelsior. 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 I pushed the button. <laughs>